You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. Hello and welcome to the Finnish Football Show. Today it's our absolute pleasure to welcome yet another special guest to the show, another current Finland international who has over 50 Hukiat caps to his name. A guy who has played at home in Finland, winning five Veikkaus Liga titles, three as league and cup doubles, as well as having a stint in the MLS in United States, sandwiched between two spells in Sweden. A tough tackling, smooth passing, no-nonsense central midfielder, currently with Jurgurden in Stockholm. Welcome to the show, Rasmus Schuller. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's my honor to be be here in the show. I mean, um, thanks for joining us, Rasmus. We know you've got a, a busy schedule in, in there in Sweden, and um, we really appreciate you you taking the time to speak to us today. I think there's only there's only one place to start, and that's to say congratulations on your your new well-earned contract in um, in Jurgården there. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, my previous contract with Jurgården was. It was over the next two years also, but uh, then the club approached me and said that, hey, shouldn't we make this a bit longer? And yeah, I was super happy about that approach and, and jumped on that train pretty quickly. And, and we got it sorted, sorted really, really quick. The negotiations wasn't, wasn't that hard at all. So now I'm, uh, I'm here for the next four years at least. No, it's lovely. It's nice. Um, obviously, nice for you to be settled and and see that that your future is there. And um, and yeah, and as I said, there it's it's really well earned. We'll we'll get on to talk about your career and and this recent season there in Sweden. But um, yeah, we've been keeping a, a close eye on you, and you've you've really deserved that that new contract, mate. So well done. I mean, as I summarised in the intro, there you've you've played for some of the top clubs in in Finland and Sweden. And you also had your season in MLS in America. But if we go back to the, the very start, you, you grew up in Espa and played for local clubs, FC Kajasi and, and Jorge. How did, your, um, how did your love of football first come about? And, and did you stand out as, as a talented boy in those, in those early years? Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Um, so I have three siblings. Uh, I'm the second youngest, so two older siblings. And they both played before me. So there's a lot of pictures from me as a toddler just running about uh, on the side of the field when my uh, young, uh, older siblings uh, already played in teams. So that's why I, I got accustomed to football uh, really early in my, in my life. And uh, then at some point, I think I was five years old, uh, I, I said to my parents that I want to start out in a team as well so then i started with a local club uh, close to where we lived uh fc Kasiusi in espo uh, a small small junior uh, club uh, played there for for some years and then then i had a lot of good friends who played in hoge which was a bit further from where we lived but i want they were doing better and we were Kasiusi, and then I had some friends already playing there. So then I made the move to 
to Hoge, which is also a, a development club and, and a small club, but we were pretty successful uh, at our age group uh, in that team, uh, even though it was a, it was a small club. Uh, for example, at the C, C junior level, we, we were uh, the, like the unofficial like Finnish championship tournament at sea level is called Kai Palman Turnaus after uh, Kai Palman, a legendary Finnish footballer. And we made it all the way to the final where we lost to, to Hojiko. So that was a really big, like a great achievement for a small club like that. But, but yeah, uh, football came to me really early on and, and stuck on that path still. And I, I, I'm happy that I am because I haven't had to make any difficult career choices in that <laughs> in my life because I've kind of always been on this path. Signing that new four-year contract was not a difficult decision either, was it? No, no, <laughs> not really, not really. Uh, I enjoy my time in Stockholm so much and, and uh, the city is great and, and the club is even greater. I've uh, I only been here for one year, uh, but I had... Or from for my from my part, I had the desire to come here earlier in my career. But from the club club side, it's always a it's a puzzle that has to fit, and it, it wasn't the right timing earlier. But now I'm really happy to be here and, and and happy for the new contract. Yeah, well, we we mentioned those those junior clubs there, Rade, but um, you didn't you didn't stay as a junior very long. I think you was around 17 years old. You made your debut for for Espo club S FC Honka. And um, and you scored your your first Vegas League goal in a victory over Coops just just after your 18th birthday. I mean, how did it feel to be playing senior men's football in the top division at such a young age? And did you feel ready at that time, or was it a real plunge into the deep end for you? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I started with the senior team really early on. I I moved to Honka. Uh, when they when it started as B B juniors because then Hoge didn't have like they didn't have a a team that was competitive anymore and played on a level that was high enough at B juniors so then I and, and some other guys from Hoge uh, decided to to make the switch to Honka because that was the close uh, close really good uh, club for us and I played like one year with the Bs. And, and then quite soon I got like the chance to go and, and train with the first team uh, who, who Honka at the time was, they were, it was a real like, uh, how do you say, it was a hype around the club in Veikos. Banaleko yeah. uh, was the coach and, and Kari Martonen was the assistant. And I started training with them when I was 16 years old. I got, I think I, just before my 17th birthday, I got my uh, debut and then Almost at, at 17 year, 17 year olds, uh, I, I was kind of regular. So Bana, Bana and Marzi really gave the chance to me early on and believed in me, and I'm super grateful for that. But of course, it was those first years were really, really tough to come from junior football. I played some games in the third division with Honka's reserve team. I mean, you can't compare that. Uh, third division football to Vekos Liga, so it was it was as it was a super like big. How do you say? Uh, yeah, the the challenge was great, but 
I mean, I'm happy that I got the chance and I, I, I think I took the chance pretty well because I, I got, I got regu regular starts and, and became a big part of the team early on. Mm. But it was yeah, I mean, as you, as you said, you, you, you did take the chance. You really, really took to the big stage. I think you even scored in your, your European debut when you, you found the net in the, the 74th minute of a Europa League qualifier against Welsh outfit Bangor City. I mean, yeah. you really did become an integral part of that honker midfield for the next three seasons with the club finishing runners-up in 2009 and then placing fourth in the, the following two seasons, meaning the Europa qualifying rounds for, for three years straight. I mean, how did you feel about your own form around that time and, and also about the fortunes of the club who they were, as you said, there was a lot of hype and they were really pushing at the top of the Vakehouse Liga at that time? Yeah, I mean, everything happened really quickly. Uh, so, like the step from junior to all of a sudden being Vakehouse Liga player happened really quick and, and at the time, of course, it was it was really hard, but I, I don't think I really comprehended that I've taken this step. So I think like just to get getting used to being a professional day in and day out, uh, like once it's settled after one year, one and a half year or something, I think that's when I realized like everything, when you make these jumps and everything goes like this, it just goes better and higher and, and you score on a, your European League debut, it just feels this is easy, uh, which it isn't at all. So then like one and a half or like, I don't know, after a season, season and a half, I, I think I like landed in it that, wow, what it, what it takes to, to be a pro and what, to, what it takes to go even further and, and, and still develop and be a better player. So it was smooth sailing first season, but then I think my, my couple of last seasons in Hong Kong, I had some injuries and, and I think it wasn't, uh, yeah, maybe it was a little deep after that. You, you like settle in in it and then you understand that this isn't always going to go just upwards and onwards. What did you have to do at that stage? Was it a mental thing, like ma making some changes to mentality or did you have to do anything different in your training or lifestyle or, or what? Yeah, I think it was a, like a long process for me. I don't really... Did I... I should know this, but I did three or four seasons at Honkas A team, and then I got the I got the move to Hoyiko. And at the after the third or fourth year at Honka, I was I was really really tired. I was like beaten out of football because it, everything happened so quickly. And then after that, uh, I didn't when you make the debut as a young guy. Uh, the the expectation on you, it grows. And the expectation for me grows as well. I think like after one and a half years, two years there, I was like, okay, now I need to make a move. I need to go to a bigger league abroad. And, and that's what everybody's expecting from me and I'm expecting from myself, but it didn't happen. So, I, and then third year also, and nothing really happened. And I maybe didn't develop in my game as much either as I would have wanted to. So I was, I was like career, football career wise, I was in a quite difficult place, I would say, after these years with Honka. Uh, and then, like, for me, it was a very like, 
unexpected thing that Hoiko came along and said that, hey, we want you here. Because I don't think my season with Honka that last year was anything in particularly good. So I think that change of scenery uh, from Honka to Hoiko, uh, that helped me understand also what I need to do differently and what I need to improve and how I need to live my life to become a better player. Uh, because in Honka, of course, you try to improve and you try to do things better, but you also need new challenges and new new ideas from from new people to to make it easier for yourself to improve. And I I think these coaches that I had early on in Honka, uh, Bana, Bana and, and uh, Marzi and, and on the junior side and, and Vesku has also his still with Honka, but he also had a, a big part at that time. Uh, but but I think I I gone as far as I could with them to learn. And they made so like big things for me as a player, but I needed a change to mm. to still be able to uh, improve as a player. As you say, Rasmus, that change came. And in, in 2012, you left Honka and made the the short trip to Helsinki to sign for Hoyiko. Um, Clubby were three in a row Vegas Liga champions at that time when you joined. And like um, you said, the, the decision you need, you felt you needed that to, that change of scenery, but you know, you, you, you joined the biggest team in the country and they'd come calling for you. Were, were you confident that you would, you would fit into that championship winning team? Uh, to be honest, no, I wasn't. Uh, I knew Antti Morino was the head coach at the time and the assistant was Juho Rantala, which I knew well because he was my coach uh, at Mäkelä Rinteen Urheilulukio, uh, the uh, college for <laughs> Helsinki. So we had a good connection and I think he was the big key for that because he liked me as a player and I, I liked him as a coach and I think he was the one who set things in motion. Uh, so that helped me a lot that he was already there and he helped me a lot during my, my first year there. Uh, but I have to say that I think it was Efu Tseneli. Uh, of course, you, everybody, we everybody know him, but he said, yeah. when I first came to practice with Hoiko, it was, I think, in uh, February 2012, mm -hmm. he, he said to me, you didn't, Rasmus, you didn't come in as all as a big signing and like... Uh, ready to take the stage and like you were the guy who was going to make the difference in our team and and that's probably right uh they pay, paid some money for me and them but so so the belief from the other players were maybe that this guy is going to come in and make a difference instantly but it took for me i think half half a year in hoiko half a season to really get accustomed and really like starting to trust myself in that environment and, and, and make a difference. And then the last half year of that 2012 season was really good for me. But the first first half wasn't good at all. And I remember when you're a young player, you read media and, and like what the journalists think of you as a player and so forth. And, and I was bashed in media. They were like, no, this guy is not going to make any difference in this team. <laughs> I mean, um, 
you you after that after that first half season you you did settle down and and you became pretty much an, an ever present in the Hoye core midfield for the next four seasons um i think you missed only a few games in 2014 through through injury um you were chipping in with goals and assists and you you must have been really happy with how things were going at clubby you guys were pretty much unstoppable at that time and you won a, a hat-trick of Vakehouse Liga championships from your first season through to 2014. First of all, how did, how did it feel to, to win the Vakehouse Liga and then to go on to win that hat-trick of league titles? It must have been just something else. Yeah, we had some great teams during my time there and, uh, and some great players. I got to play with some Finnish uh, football legends. Uh, it was it was a great time. But I think the the championship uh, twenty twelve, which was my first, and it was a difficult year for us in Hoiko, even though we won won it at the end. But there had been huge changes in the team on, uh, before that season, and so many new players in, and then we managed to win it. That was that was that was the maybe the most special one for me. Uh, 2012, it was the first one. It's always special. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you personally were playing some some great football around this time there. There was a memorable goal in the Champions League against Celtic in Glasgow. And it was um, these performances that saw you make your your full international debut for, for the Hulkiak. You'd been in the uh, under-19 and under-21 youth setups, but it must have felt so good to to see your excellent Vakehouse League of Form re rewarded with that call-up to the, the A national team. Did you, did you always believe that you would go on to represent your country? And how did you feel when, when Mixtel handed your debut in 2013? Yeah, I mean, it was a great moment and, 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 and a dream come true. Uh, to be honest, I don't really... I remember when, when I stopped playing or when I became too young, uh, old to play in the under 21 national team. Uh, uh, at the time, we talked with some of the players after that last games and I <laughs> said like, okay, maybe this was it. This was like the last games we're gonna put on the Suomi jersey. Uh, so it was always a dream. It was always something I worked for, but at some points in my career, I didn't think that it was so, you know, how do you, what's the English word? It's it, achievable, man. Achievable goal, goal that was, that was reachable. Uh, but then when it came, I mean, I was, I was so happy. And it was 2012 and it was in Thailand, I think. And, uh, and it was, it was the, was it, no, 2013, sorry. 2013 was the year. And that was the year also when uh, players like Mikael Forsell and, and, and these legends returned to Finnish football and they were also, it was a, like a January camp that not all the best players are there for the national team, but still we had some huge players in those games in f for Finnish football. And, and uh, true history has been like one of the, the, the best players. So, so sharing the pitch with a Suomi shirt on with this, these guys was incredible, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was great to get it. But if you'd asked me like my last years in Honka, and when I still were part of the under twenty one uh, team, uh, Pico Hukat, I don't know if I would have said yeah. In a couple of years, I'm gonna make my 
senior debut for for the Finnish national team. Well, we'll um, we'll we'll talk about hockey a little bit more in a, in a in a little while. But if we go back now to the 2015 season, ended with a, a new Vakas Liga champion as um, Mark Wiltshire's SU Core claimed the uh, claimed the top spot. <laughs> Um, with Hoyu Core finishing, finishing enjoyed that third. season. Yeah, <laughs> finishing third, two points behind them. Um, I mean, many many thought that a new champion was good for the integrity of the league. Um, but how did you and your teammates feel uh, after losing losing the title after you had such a firm grip on it for so many years? Yeah, of course, it was hugely disappointing uh, not to get it a year. But Esiko did a did a Good job, and as you say, it, it's always good for Finnish football when there's other healthy clubs coming up there and competing and, and pushing the standard of the league to to get better. So Siko did a great job that year, and and we were we weren't uh, we were like lacking the whole season. We lost points here and there, and and, and didn't find the flow at any point. So so yeah. Well deserved for Esiko that champion. I think, think Kike, it's a good it's a good point though that you know while Hoyiko are clearly the big the big beast in Finnish football, every other year or so or every third year someone else comes along and challenges, and it does get shared around a little bit. It's just that finding the the staying power to do it year after year that's that's proven difficult. Yeah. Um, this year is going to be interesting. That's all I'll say. I'll leave it there. We'll see how we'll see how twenty twenty two plays out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, in, after the uh, after the twenty fifteen season finished, Rasmus, you um, you transferred to Sweden to join BK Hucken along with your Horjukor teammate Denver Savage. I mean, first of all, how did that transfer come about? And was playing outside Finland? You touched on it earlier, but was playing outside of Finland something that you always wanted to experience? Yeah, that was that was also a very important move for me because I played in the league in Vekos League for such a long time and it was always a dream for me to uh, to go abroad and play. And at a younger age, I maybe thought that my first step outside of, of Finland was going to be a bigger league than the Swedish league. You always have great dreams. But at that point, my agent had really good connections with Veko Hecken and, and he had transferred some Finnish players there before. Uh, Thomas Dalviti is his name uh, and Kari Arkiboa already played mm-hmm. at, at the club and, and I knew him and I talked with him and then the coaches and the sport director from Hecken came and see me in the, yeah, in the fall sometime after the summer and really liked what they, they saw and, and, and made a made a like a presentation of the club and, and, and the project they were having and, and, and it felt it felt really good. So so that was a there was a needed step for me to go to go to an, a more competitive league than the Finnish one and, and I was I was uh, I don't know what, what was I 23, 24 so it was about time for me to to take the next step to to see what or how how far I can go as a professional footballer. So how how were those differences in Sweden, Rasmus? I mean, um, am I am I right in saying that Swedish is your first language? So was it easy yeah. for you to 
for you to settle in there? And so how were the differences regarding, you know, stadium, fans, the training regimes? Could you see that step up in, in quality moving to Sweden? Yeah, I wouldn't say like uh, if you compared Hoiko's team to to Beko Hecken's team, uh, there wasn't much difference. It would have been they played 10 games against each other. I don't know, both teams win some games and there's some draw. So comparing just these two teams, it wasn't a big, uh, like a big move for me like on to a higher level. Uh, but just going to a club that's or a league that's so more much more competitive and then every other club in the league is almost at least at Hoiko's level and then the mm. other teams also then Hoiko and then you get a different perspective you play in a Beko Hecken is a well-run club and a good club and and has their thing sorted by isn't the biggest club in Sweden so so coming to a to a, a environment that you is more of like your challenger and you really have to push to to have a good season compared to Hoyoko where you're the one challenge and, and, and you have the better team than anybody else in the league. So it was a good uh, point of view to change that and get that experience uh, through playing at Beko Hecken. But I mean, the league in itself is, I mean, all the stadiums are better in Sweden than at all, but most of them and, and uh, every club that plays in the top fight is, is well organized and well well-run, uh, maybe in a, if you compare it to Finland, that's not always the case, which is a shame. So it was, a, every game was tough for me uh, playing in that first year in, in Allsvenskan compared to playing in Veikkausliga where every game, unfortunately, isn't maybe tough uh, at the same, in the same way uh, playing for Hojiko. Yeah, you made a total of 22 appearances for, for Hecken, scoring one goal. Um, but during the time there, you you suffered, a, I think it was a knee ligament injury, um, which must have been difficult. But do you look back on, on your time in Gothenburg happily or, or how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I forgot to say, but, but socially it was really easy to, as you said, go to Sweden because it's my first language. I have some relatives in living in Gothenburg, so... Like outside the field, everything worked really uh, nicely, and and it was like an easy switch in that way also. Uh, but I look I look back at the time with fond memories. It was it was a good time for me, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I played twenty two games. I had some injuries. The the spring was tough there, but like when I got fit, it, I started playing well, and then yeah, I got the I got the proposal or offer from MLS because they uh, from Minnesota because they thought I was I was a good player so and I had two years left on my contract but I felt that uh, the MLS adventure is even though I like Tekken it's a more interesting challenge than staying further on in, in Gothenburg before you fly off to the MLS, if I'm right, and I, I, I might not be, but it looks like the only time so far in your professional career that you got sent off was for Hecken. Is that right? No, I, I changed it this year. 
with oh <laughs> yeah yeah okay something about the swedish league yeah. <laughs> well i got i got yeah i got sent off with uh, against malmo we played home uh or with Hecken, we played home against malmo uh, i got sent off because of two yellow cards hmm. so, so that's the only time i've I've been sent off for two yellow cards because this year I got sent off for a straight red card. <laughs> yeah, we might have to. We might might get to that later. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so as you say, Rade, you you um, you went off to Minnesota. I think um, I think Minnesota United paid around half a million euros to take you to the United States. I mean, um, first of all, you you said there that the MLS interested you, but were you familiar with 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 MLS um, before you went and? And secondly, um, I know there was a uh, there was a loan move back to Hoyikoi in the middle of your time with with the Loons, but um, well, during which you collected your full Vegas League Championship. But how do you reflect on your time in America, having played over over fifty games there? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great adventure and did so well for me to get into a completely different culture, completely different everything of life because I only. Mm-hmm lived in Scandinavia uh, or the Northern Europe before that. It was, but uh, to be honest, uh, before I made the move, I didn't really know anything about MLS and especially nothing uh, of uh, Minnesota United. When I first heard of it, I was in Sri Lanka with my girlfriend on vacation and my agent called me, it's like, (laughs) time difference really late, like sometime during the night. Uh, to Sri Lanka and like Minnesota United wants you and I was like well, I know Minnesota well I, I don't think like is, it, is this a hockey team what's happening <laughs> 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 that was. but uh, yeah then once we started talking I started making some research and I found out more about the league and more about the club I, I just felt like this was an op- opportunity too good to turn down and, so uh, is that is it is it the the whole culture and new life in a totally different? Does that something that interests you as well as the the the, the playing side? Yeah, that was that was part of it, and that was part of like I always wanted to to know know my limits as a f- person and <clears throat> footballer uh, to to know how far you can reach and what level you can play on, and I uh, also is is a it's a very good league, but uh, as a what was I, 20, 26 year old, 25 year old, like staying in Allsvenskan and having the op- opportunity to really challenge myself in the USA, uh, I felt that I was hungry to see something else and see something more. And, and that's why I jumped on it. And, and, and looking back at it, I'm, I'm really happy to, to have done that. A part in my career because otherwise I, I think I would feel like hmm, did I really challenge myself did I really maybe try to be as good as I can be uh, in football and see 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 different cultures different uh, um, nations because that's that's a huge part of being a pro football there's so many opportunities if presented you can take and and, and that was a big part of it so so, yeah, yeah. And another big part of being a footballer is is being bought and sold. But half a million is it euros, dollars—that's a lot of money. Yeah. How did that? How did that feel to know that that was how much someone was prepared to pay for you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a weird, 
the transfer system looking from it from not the football perspective it's a weird weird thing so we're, we're bought and sold and we're we're merchandise as anything else but but it, it felt good it felt that i was recognized for the job i've done as a footballer and not only i, I didn't think i think i made some steps uh uh, in Hecken that year, but I think at the same time I was quite, uh, quite uh, like near the level I also played in Hoyko. But playing in Allsvenskan, you're under such a like a bigger radar, and and more clubs and different uh, markets are, sc- are scouting you. So it's it was a like recognition for the work I've done for, mm. for past years. So it, it felt good. For sure. If I, if I can say, Rasmus, um, fans of clubs in Europe sometimes look at MLS and think maybe the the league isn't as I don't know well known or or as European leagues. So, do you guys as footballers is there some consideration for your your international career and the the prospects of continuing playing international football when you move to a league like MLS? Does that even come into your thinking when you're when you're making those transfers uh, yeah yeah of of course of course it it does but uh, during that time uh, my my place in the hooker squad i wasn't a regular in any way i was part of the squad and i was getting call call ups but i i wasn't there to be a regular starter yet so i i looked at it more more from a perspective that this is a chance for me to make steps in my game so that I can also become a better player and and, and in the long run take a starting position in Hukat. Uh, so I think it's different for somebody who's who's when they're thinking of a move to MLS, there are star there there are already a starter uh, for uh, for a national team and and then going there with the time difference and flying over to Europe to play play those international games can be can be challenging but for me it wasn't really the case at that time yeah i mean um, as you as you said there you you were in the squads maybe not in the starting 11 but you were you were in the squads um i think mixer had moved on at that time and we'd been through the um the difficult Hans Bakker era, but once Rive was appointed manager, things really started to click for Finland. Um, you obviously knew Rive from your time in the youth setup, but could you feel yourself that things were going to be different once uh, Marco Canova was given the top job? Yeah, I mean the the not maybe like hundred <laughs> percent like early on and straight away because. Uh, the national team was in a difficult place and the guys the, the teams like self-believe and and, and and all of that wasn't good enough to to get results straight away but um like looking back at it appointing marco was was the right thing to do and the perfect decision because he knew uh the finnish uh those players in the Finnish squad and, and, and players that was maybe coming to the squad and, and the whole of the like the national team pool of players he he knew in and out 
and so so he really knew how to to mold that team into a successful one and how to get the best out of every player and of course it's a uh, it doesn't happen like under one night it's a longer process but but he knew he had he had the vision and he had the the work methods to to make that happen so so and the players really bought into it uh, i think first it was maybe some question marks from play players when Rive was appointed because it's always like that somebody comes from inside you know the the house and and you know you know him almost too well you know so it's like you 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 need didn't it was like shouldn't we get somebody a big name like Hasebacke was but it turned out disastrously so, so that was maybe the the questions that it wasn't is, it, is this the right way to go but but like retrospective is the perfect way to go yeah the only thing i want to ask was uh what's really like like so the the change from kind of the the deep dark times of the Baka era towards kind of the the country and the football team that we are now is it's, it's obviously a fantastic it's a huge change is Rive like um what's what's his kind of core skill is he like a good man manager like is he good interpersonally or is he good tactically or like what's the thing that um that stands out for him as a coach yeah i, I wouldn't say it's just one one core thing that, that makes him uh, the, the great coach he is but of course as i said that was part of the initial success that he really knew every player and he really know knew how to handle every player and how to get the best out of out of the players uh, so he's really good and, and you, i think you can see that he has his uh, master's degree in pedagogics and, and he's a former teacher that he he knows how to get his message true to the player uh, and also tactically he's super super thorough uh, we can sit in meetings for like the change from Hans Backe's time to Rivest and be almost at Hans Backe's under his period. He he was there for a short while. And I don't think we really then got to know him and all his qualities as a coach because he wasn't there for uh, long enough, but he couldn't be because the uh, results weren't good enough. Yeah. Uh, but, but like we had quite short meetings and we things we we went through uh, together outside the, the field with him compared to Rive it was like the time we put down to to get things right uh, was the change was huge and that's big big part of uh, Rive's approach uh, being a coach he really is thorough and and tries to get his ideas uh, like banged into everybody's head that everybody for sure knows what he wants us to do together on the field. Yeah, that was that, that you kind of touched on what I was going to ask, which was when Hans Backer was the manager and you were in the squad, was there a level of, I don't know, dissatisfaction or or something among the players or or were you were you somehow frustrated by how things were being done obviously the results and the performances is one thing but you can see sort of what's happening behind the scenes yeah i mean i think i can't talk for him because i have no clue what his like plan for the whole setup was but for me it felt like 
uh, he didn't know the squad and the player pool well enough once he took on the job. So it took really, it took a, too long of a time for us to figure out or for, I felt like for him to figure out how, which player should be used for us to, to be the best we can and optimize the team. So that process was quite long. And <laughs> at the same time, when you're the, you're the national team and you should deliver results at the same time, you can't, you can't like use time in a way that like you should, you should be just prepared and deliver. Mm. But that took a long time. And, and, and I think that's also maybe could, could be seen as some questions mark, question marks inside the squad that, that uh, maybe why are we doing things in a certain way when uh, we could maybe get better results in another, in another way. Yeah, I mean, at least from a fan's perspective at that time, I think the overriding thing that we remember, and we talked about this quite a lot because <laughs> it was when it was, it was the same, same sort of time that we started, but mm. for us, he gave the impression that he didn't actually believe in the squad. Like the setup for almost all of the games was at least five at the back, but it was most often sort of five at the back with one or two defensive midfielders sort of sitting in to protect. And you think, well, that's like, you know, seven players sort of sitting on the edge of your box. And so just all you're left with is pumping long balls and chasing chasing shadows so it was a real I mean sure it was very frustrating for you but it was frustrating as hell for us because we always thought and it was such a relief when River came along because it proved that you know we actually play with a decent tactical system and of course we can go get results for those that haven't heard it Mark also haven't heard this before but I think our fifth episode was titled is this the worst time to start a podcast about Finnish football <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean um Thankfully, uh, thankfully, we did we did get Rive, and um, and yeah, and things things really did start to look up. I mean, um, through the uh, the First Nations League campaign and and through Euro twenty twenty qualifying, you yourself, Rasmus, were getting re regular substitute appearances throughout this period, and um, you were an integral part of the squad that did so well to win League C of the Nations League and to make all our finished football dreams come true when um, when you guys qualified for Euro 2020. I mean, um, if we can ask you just to cast your mind back to that November night back in 2019, um, and we ask all our guests to give us their memories of that of that famous night, how, how were you feeling when you were sat there watching history unfold from your place on the bench, knowing that you were one of the squad that had delivered the dream? Yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. A period and, and, and time time in my life also it was so historic. I have to say that, uh, it, like, the belief that this was my this might happen that we might make the Euros realistically happened after uh, the game we had against uh, Armenia in uh, Turku the previous games before this Liechtenstein and Greece game, which were the last ones, uh, because we played a very good game against Armenia, 1-3-0. And then sitting at the bus, getting back to Helsinki from Turku, uh, we got the result, was it Bosnia and Greece, that they played, uh, was it a draw or Bosnia lost points? Yeah. So after that, we knew that by winning Liechtenstein home, we will make it. So when we got the results from uh, 
from that Bosnia Greece game. It was just, I mean, the something happened like chemically inside me. It was like pure happiness inside me. I I, I can't remember recall it many times in my life when I felt as good as then. So that was the first time it really sank into me that wow this might happen and then of course the Liechtenstein game and that night and an evening and, and 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 when the final whistle blew and, and and it happened it was just I don't know euphoria it was just I remember like hugging so many strangers and just like <laughs> crying together on the field and like <laughs> hugging like robust strange men like we love each other it was, it was beautiful that's that's football yeah. yeah it was it was certainly an unforgettable night it was absolutely fantastic and um yeah you can see by the smile on your face there Rade, that it really did mean um mean a lot to you we'll we'll get back to the hockey app but focusing on your club career again um once you left minnesota you decided there was still a little bit of room in that trophy cabinet for another Vekas Liga championship. And um, you headed back to Hoyikor for your third spell. You played a further 26 games for Klubi, scoring four goals on the way to collecting another league and cup double. Was, um, was this spell in Helsinki always going to be just for the one season? And was your ultimate goal to move abroad again to test yourself in, a, in another league? Yeah, I mean, after three years in Minnesota, I felt that I need to get back closer to home uh, because I felt that the time in MLS had been very rewarding and, and giving to me. But uh, after three years, I felt that like the travels and I was there alone and, and without my family, I felt that I need to come closer back to home. And then another thing that uh, I had to do was uh, do the military service in Finland at that point. Ah. I should have done it when I got called up at 18 years old, but I, I didn't because I thought it was going to mess up my football career too much. Uh, so for every young listener, do it <laughs> as soon as you can and, and straight away. I think that that's, that's easier and that uh, makes more sense. But I had to come back to Finland uh, either way in, in the fall after the MLS campaign to do my service. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, lived in, in Stockholm, in uh, Sweden. So that was kind of my two choices. It was uh, Helsinki or Stockholm I wanted to go to. And at that point, I actually did a trial with AIK, uh, but they didn't uh, feel like they needed me at that time. So then it was, and, and you, Gordon, uh, <laughs> had no sign of of interest so so that's why i was i had some so that's why i spent a week there but but then uh, when nothing happened i i signed with hoiko and, and was happy to do it because that's that's my home and that's that's been my club for for most biggest and most successful parts of my career so so it was it, it was that was the right choice but but yeah i after a year, it was the same situation. Girlfriend still living in Stockholm, and and we needed to figure things out. So, so yeah, that was then. Of course, really super interesting football-wise, but also uh, the switch was partly 
or big part of it was uh, because of the social side to move to Stockholm. That's a, a really interesting point. I mean, we as fans, you sometimes completely forget that there's a, a personal side and, a, you know, a, a, a life. You guys have a life outside of the pitch and, and, the, and the training centre, you know, it's like um, it's sometimes it's easy as a fan to forget that. So it's really really interesting to hear that that side of um, of your decision process as well but and also I mean, also KK we're seeing similar thing maybe with uh, Kieran Trippier coming back to the UK and going to Newcastle when he's at Atletico Madrid and you might think he's got it made over there but clearly there's there's family I mean there's got to be a reason to join Newcastle yeah. other than the football wasn't there you would think the money is still in Atletico also yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> Sorry, Mark. What can I say? Yeah, but um, yeah. If we bring things up to date, Rade, you you did move to Stockholm. You joined Swedish giants Jurgården in January uh, January last year, and um, yeah. So as you say, uh, Oikor missed out really if they didn't take you. You've now joined their um, their their bitter city rivals. Um, did you believe that you would have the impact so quickly that you've had at, at Jurgården there? Uh, difficult question to answer. Uh, I knew that they had a they had also Jurgen after the season 2020. They had big personal changes uh, in the squad, and I knew that there they needed uh, players in that was going to take big responsibility. And and there were 11 new players in uh, ahead of, of last year, and and. Uh, I was maybe one of the more experienced one, ones of those 11 players. So I knew that there was a big role to take uh, for me if, if I uh, was up to the challenge. Uh, so I, I knew it was, a, it was a really interesting like uh, sporting uh, challenge for me also. But, but then just felt really at home straight away and, and I got a good... Uh, good uh, connection with the coaches and good connection with the other guys in the team and, and, and really fitted in into the squad and, and built from there. So, so it was a very good um, move in just looking back at it. It was, um, I mean, we've seen you were good and released that little video clip when you, when you to, to announce that you'd signed that new contract that we spoke about. And um, it was such a great little video clip. There's a, there's a, um, a clip of you just a few seconds there. You're in like a huddle with your teammates. I think it must be an away game because you guys are wearing a red Jersey and yeah. it, it's, it, you, you're the one who's with the finger and telling the guys like, this is what we're going to do. It's like just a, a split second of a clip, but it's, it's such a great little insight to, how you fit into that your good and team and that squad and it's um it's really really great i mean your form has been absolutely excellent since arriving in sweden and that's rewarded you with more and more game time at, at international level i think most hockey fans would have been certain that you would have been in the squad for for euro 2020 but how were your own feelings when you were waiting for the final squad to be announced and did you feel as confident as us that you would you would be included? Uh, I was I was feeling pretty confident uh, because I played. We had those last games uh, before the team was announced. Was uh, last spring? It was Ukraine away, and and uh, what was the other game? I can't remember. It was Bosnia home, Ukraine away. 
I was just, I was a bit sick uh, before the game against Bosnia. I think I should have I, I would have started if I wouldn't have been sick uh, during that like first first couple of days of that camp. Uh, but then I felt better and, and started against uh, Ukraine. And I think we we did we did a a solid game against a hard opponent away, and that really like gave confidence for me that I can help the team uh, in the midfield and and be a balancing player there. And 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 I think the coaches also saw that. So so that gave me confidence that I, I might be in the in the Euro squad. Uh, but I mean the the time. Before the the announcement and and also after yeah that time in the spring when you you're playing uh, games with your with your club and you're just it was really stressful but because I know I was so stressed that I was gonna get injured so like of course you you, you go full on when you play and and you you like give the best you have but you're so like please let not anything happen now so that was maybe also a big part of that you know stress before the announcement and before that final camp in in uh, uh, end of may yeah i mean um you you featured in in all three of our our euro games and it's certainly something that you can be very proud of but we quickly had to had to move on and start focusing on the road to the 2022 world cup i mean um you played a part in in every one of those qualifying series. Most most recently, starting the home game against France in Helsinki. All four of us from the the Finnish football show were there actually, and um, in the Olympic Stadium to watch that game. Um, you had captained the side that had beaten the world champions back in November 2020, and so you must have been confident going into the game. But you found yourself on the receiving end of another another early booking, having previously picked up a yellow card after only two minutes of the away game for what we all thought was a, a pretty innocuous challenge. We um, we commented on both occasions that it was a pretty bizarre decision from the both referees so early on. How how was that for you? Was it was it hard for you to play an aggressive game with the threat of that second yellow card hanging over you? Um, were these early bookings on your mind or were you, are you just able to shrug that off and, and refocus on the game plan? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good question, and and of course as a defensive midfielder, and and that's such a integral part of my game to win the balls and to play hard and 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 to to be a pain in the ass to the opponent to get an early booking really makes it more difficult to to play like that, and it was so frustrating because uh, at the home game in November in Helsinki against France. It was it was so clear. This I think it was an Italian referee. He was just he felt like he was frustrating being in cold Helsinki that day, <laughs> and he just came there to you know, try to protect Mbappe and and, and these guys. Uh, a little you know touch on his boot, and he was like, and Mbappe made a very dramatic fall, and and he was straight up like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm gonna give a yellow card because I feel like it, and nobody's gonna touch Mbappe anymore in this game. So it made it it made it more difficult for sure. But uh, I think you have to compose yourself a little bit more than going into challenges. But I think it didn't like 
I don't know. If, I, I, I think I managed the situation still in a good balance that I didn't, you know, drop my aggressive aggressive uh, aggressivity too much uh, after that booking. But of course, it's it's more more hard to to go into challenges knowing that uh, one slip and you're out of the game. When, when you mean, were talking just there, you were you were painting a picture, and I suddenly imagined myself in your in your position in the middle of the field with all that green around me and 30,000 fans going nuts and it, it gave me just just a bit of a chill think even thinking about it and we were we were standing somewhere in and among the pocus carre um that, that must be a hell of a buzz the, the words you just said i was I, I was in the first couple of minutes and i challenged mbappe and he fell over <laughs> that's quite something to be able to say about your about your 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 hobby and your and your job is you're absolutely right and 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 when you say it like it, that is <laughs> phenomenal to be able to do that and and it was was just great that that we uh, like you you feel you really feel the hype and you really feel how the Finnish people has taken Hukat like to their heart and 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 really stand behind the team. And, and and it's I mean it was just incredible. Those games are the best playing in sold out crowds before your fellow Finns and just you know playing your heart out uh, for the for the national team and, and for the Finnish flag is is incredible. It was my my first Hukiat game and my, me and my wife Satu came down from Sainioki on the train, had a night out, met up with these guys. Um, and it was it was amazing. We did the whole march from the centre of Helsinki up to the stadium. And just yesterday, Satu said to me, oh, I really miss watching the hooker yet at Helsinki. And I was like, we've only done it once. Yeah, but I can't wait to go again. So I think early June, chaps, we'll, we'll be there. Make it happen. I mean, um, yeah, it's, you, you spoke there, Rade, of your, your pride playing for, for Finland and, you know, Ultimately, we fell just short of a playoff spot this time, but it really, truly was an amazing atmosphere in Helsinki for that final game. And, and for the team to be going into that final game with, with something to play for is certainly a step in the right direction. How do you feel that the, the campaign went? And are you, are you yourself already, same as us fans, looking forward to the, the Nations League games coming up with Hawkeye? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I felt that we really took steps during this campaign, uh, like uh, we always been, or we under Marco, we've been very solid defensively for a long time. But I think these last games playing this three-five-two uh, or, or five-three-two formation, I think we really took steps uh, offensively and and figured out what we better, or we, we didn't figure out. We always know what we want to do, but we've like we got there better than we did before. So that really gave confidence. I think going going further and forward, uh, and and that game against France, it was we lost, but it was a, a good game. Uh, I think playing or challenging uh, like the the world champions in that way. And the game against Bosnia also before that was a really really good game. So I'm really looking forward to to Nations League, and I'm really looking forward to to March and and our training. Training or our games against was it Slovakia and, and uh, Iceland. Iceland, yeah. 
yeah so so i really those are always highlights of one season and and, and they're really like give a i'm really fortunate to be able to play those games and but it's really like it's so nice to to know that of course i love to play for yogurt and love to play those uh club games also but it's like it's the topping on the cake to get those games a uh, couple times a year yeah and i mean and, and you're 100 right like i think it was about we had about 20 minutes 15 20 minutes after the after the start of the second half against france where we were a goal behind and we started chasing the game and i just it's we, we knocked the ball around um and this is i mean it's going to sound silly but we knocked we knocked the ball around like a proper team like france struggled like they struggled to keep up and they were sort of running in circles and, and i thought I don't know, you know, a bit, a bit slice of luck here or there, and I think you're back in the game, and it, it's a really then it's a really hard night for 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 Mbappe and Co. But it's such a, yeah, I mean, we said it before how far Finland have come, but it's such a, it's kind of unbelievable to watch because it's so enjoyable. Like watching watching Finland is so enjoyable now. So so we have to say thank you for that. Yeah. Watching us for all those these years before also. <laughs> I mean. Um... So if we if we just have a, another little chat about Olsvanskan, Brad, obviously it's a league we like to keep an eye on with this because there's quite a few Finns spread across the various Swedish clubs. Um, Saka Ulla Tupa started the season really well in, in AIK, but he's now made the move to Sunval today. Jona Toivio had his farewell season at Hakken. Leo Weissenen was doing some really great things at Elfsberg and um, Saku Eriksson was the goalkeeper of the season with his, his heroics um, for, uh, for his club, Mjallaby. Um, you were, it was fantastic to see you run in the midfield for a team who's tap, sat top of the league for, for so much of the season. It really was an exciting end to the campaign and you added your, your bronze medal to your trophy cabinet. How do you reflect on on the season and the, the third place finish? And do you believe that your your good and side can go that little bit extra and 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 win that title next year? Yeah, I 100 believe that. I mean, I think we played some great football with Jurgen last year. Uh, we were really good in the spring, uh, good in the good, good in the summer, but then we got a real like a dip at the crucial time. Uh, so it was a good season for us. Uh, thankfully, it ended uh, with a Euro spot and a, a, a third place. But I mean, at the same time, we we're disappointed that we didn't bring it, bring home the the championship because we had all the potential and and the chances to do that. But I think in the future that we we really have the chance to to go on and do even better. The team is is not as much changes this year as before last season and, and, and we brought in two new players that really gonna help us already. And I think we're gonna bring in some new new guys, uh, 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 like also not only them. Uh, so so I'm, I'm really looking forward and confident for the future. And, and like you said, it's, it's fun also to play against uh, Sako and, and, uh, and all these guys and have friends in different teams and it it, it, it gives that extra spice to it. It, it, it really does. It's a, it's a fun league and it's so competitive. It's every year it, it feels like there's, I don't know, five, six clubs that can really go for the, the championship. So it's, it's open every year. So it's, it's fun to be part of that. 
I've been um, I've been lucky enough to to visit Stockholm and and see actually one of the Stockholm derbies. It was Jurgen um, uh, Oiko a few years ago, and the atmosphere is absolutely something else. It's um, honestly it's one of the one of the best one of the best matches I've I've witnessed. It's that the fans really do put on a, a show with the smoke and the flares. It's it's unbelievable. So hopefully um, hopefully I can get myself out there to uh, cheer you guys on. But um, I, I read somewhere, and, and when we were messaging, Rada, you, you confirmed that you've been studying for a law degree. I mean, um, is there some ambition for a career after football, or, or, you, or did that studying come in handy when you're negotiating this new contract for yourself? What's, what's the story behind that? <laughs> quick, 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 sign him up. <laughs> studying. <laughs> Yeah, it, it 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 does come handy to understand a little bit more of the the fine print in those papers than, than <laughs> without without uh, uh, reading reading law and, and and studying for a degree. Uh, I mean, I I always I always liked combining uh, studies with with football. I did it. I mean, as a, as growing up, doing school and, and doing college. Or is it college in in, in English? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, university, I guess. So. Yeah. So, so then I was a couple of years without uh, when I when I finished my my school uh, just playing. But then I, I realized that I miss it and I want to keep reading and keep learning new stuff. So then then I uh, applied for law school in Helsinki and got in in 2015 and. and Still, still there. Not, not ready yet. But I should get my bachelor now in in uh, January. So I'm doing that on the side, and it's been like really good for me. Also, just I know to get balance in life, not only you know playing football because uh, it's sometimes you know when it it's not going your way uh, professionally, it's it's good not to have all the eggs in the same basket, and it's nice to to be able to say that hey I, I can pick up this thing also and and, and and not only football defines me as a person when you have uh, other things to do also yeah I mean it's um yeah it's certainly certainly really interesting side to you Rade I mean um yeah but going going back to the football it's speaking about the hockey it's it's somewhat the end of an era, what with um, Jona Toivio and Paulus Arriuri announcing that they'll no longer play international football. What, First of all, what has it meant to you playing alongside those guys and how do you feel the likes of Robert Ivanov, Daniel O'Shaughnessy and the, the Weissenham brothers coming into the side? How do you feel that they can do taking those places? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's going to be a huge change and now with Tim also announcing his retirement uh, from football it's it's leaving some leaving some big big holes to fill because i mean just great players by even like greater personalities and and guys to have on the team and such leaders all of them so so there there is there is going to be or there has already been uh, changes changes there, there but i mean i like to see changes also like not as a threat but as an opportunity, and I think these last games we already saw Avroba and, and Leo and, and and these guys how they stepped up and really uh, taken the field and, and added their uh, qualities to the team because every player is different and and you build a team around different 
player types and different qualities. But I mean, now when there's this change, it also gives us a chance to to make things at least differently, but hopefully a little bit better also. But it's going to take, of course, it's not going to happen overnight to fill fill these shoes. How did it feel for you in the last year, kind of becoming a more and more regular fixture in the team at around the same time that Tim Sparv's career has slowly come to an end? It felt really like a natural transition. Uh, you know, two years ago, the thought of Tim not playing the team would have been quite sort of scary. Yeah. But this, it's not now. You're there, you're in the team, and it's your, it's your place. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tim and my relationship has always been great, and and Tim has been like the the main guy in the team and the captain and 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 the guy who who makes things happen like outside the field and on the field and and I think my role before has been more of like you know trying to to see what he needs and when he is not able to play to try to fill that gap uh in the best way i can but we always had like such a relationship just like mutual i don't know of trust and and trying to to help out one out one another so so i feel i feel i feel really like honored uh to to now play maybe in the position that tim has played before and i know that that he's just like don't think I can uh, upfill his legacy, but I, I, I feel that it's just a, like a great opportunity to be there and, and trying to 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 also make those teams. Team has taught me a lot about football and just like, like to trying to to carry on that the, the things also that he has has left left on the. On with Hukat, but but I feel that it's I really like it to be able to play more and really to have now got the chance to take a bigger part also on the field in the team. So it's I'm I'm really thankful for to have this position now. Now okay. you, you you really deserve it, Rasmus. I mean you've you've really made that midfield general role your own, and you've been acting as the enforcer, the destroyer, and the first line of attack across the middle of the park. It's honestly, I think I speak for all of us when I say it's an absolute joy to watch you play, Raden. And um, and it's been uh, it's been a, a, a pleasure to have you on our show. I mean, we've kept you for I don't know how long, but um, <laughs> we uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, mate. And it's um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a, a real pleasure to watch you play. I mean, um, guys. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I can't I can't add any more um, any more any more any more to that. I, I think particularly how much you've grown as a player in the last two or three years, it's it's been phenomenal to watch. And I and I really think the as I mentioned before, it's a pleasure to watch Finland now. And one of the main things is how we move the ball around middle of the pitch, how we cope with pressure, how we keep composure. That's one of your core strengths, man. And it's just I don't know, it's just fantastic to watch you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for. Great words. I'm blushing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time you walk out onto the pitch, you can remember the words from, from your boys in the Finnish football show. Take them out there, 
with you and know that if we were standing in the middle of that pitch, our knees would be trembling as Mbappe comes running towards us. And, you know, just make sure you kick him a little bit more carefully next time. Yeah, yeah that's it. But, um, yeah, Rasmus, seriously, mate, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. We um, we wish you all the very best with with Jurgen and next season, and of of course we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on you there in all Svenskan and hoping that you can you can go that that one better and, and claim your title there next season, and and we'll be watching you and the rest of the guys with the with the hooky out, and we we hope you're you're there in the middle of the park for many more years to come, mate. It's um it's been a pleasure to speak to you, and uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. No, thank you. The honor honor's been mine, and I think the time has gone really quick. I, I felt that we just started. So <laughs> it's a good time. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and on Instagram. See the links in the episode description below. You can also connect with the four hosts on Twitter at Explore Finland, at FC Sormi, at Escape to Sormi, at Kekimula. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.